Good morning. Welcome you to this part of our service. My mind was thinking about decisions, what goes into making a decision. Have you considered the decisions that you have made today? The greatest power that has been given into the hands of man is the power to make the decision for himself. We have a power to come, to go, make friends or enemies, to choose good or evil, to obey or disobey, change our ways or remain the same, how we handle our finances or do we ignore them, do we build relationships or do we terminate relationships, do we live or we die. I didn't, I'll have to take their word for it, I'm not sure how you would keep track of all the decisions you make in a day, but it's suspected or suggested that there's 2,500 decisions that you make in a day. That's an average day. Some are important, some of them are not. Sometimes we're so impacted by our decisions that we decide not to make a decision, and that is a decision in itself, to not make a decision. Maybe you're afraid of the mistakes that that decision will bring. There's a big difference between intentions and decisions. Decisions are not usually made in a vacuum. They are created by the influences around you. Your culture, your training, your belief, your family, your friends. So what are the bases of your decision? What do others think? Does that come into play? How you make your decision? What does God think? Or what is right and wrong? I invite you to turn to Daniel chapter 1. One of my favorite Bible characters. How do we make godly decisions? How do we make wise decisions in our lives? We could go to many different examples, but this is one that is very familiar. I believe there was influences in Daniel's life that impacted him to make the decisions that he made. I'm going to read the entire chapter of Daniel 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Sinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Aspenaz, the master of the Enoch, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but were well favored. 
and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability to them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach and learn, and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily portion of the king's meat, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end of thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the princes of the Enoch gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and Hananiah, the Shadrach, and of Mishael, Meshach, and of Hezra, Abigendo. But Daniel purposed in his heart <clears throat> that he would not defile himself within the portion, with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank thereof. He requested of the prince of the Enoch that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the Enoch. And the prince of the Enoch said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink, for why should he see your face worse likened than the children which are of your sort? Then shall he make me endangered. Then shall he make me endanger my head to the king. Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the Enoch's had set over Daniel, Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah, Prove thy servants. I beseech thee ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee, and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servant. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days their countenance appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat of the portion of the king's meat. Thus Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. And for these four children, God gave them knowledge and the skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said, he should bring them in. Then the prince of the Enoch brought them before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them. <clears throat> and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Ezra. These five, these therefore stood they before the king, and in all manner of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in the realm. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. So we have the stage set before us. Obviously the children of Israel had sinned and were taken into captivity. Nebuchadnezzar was the king. He had besieged their city and conquered them. So Daniel was in a strange land. He was not familiar with the culture, the language. But that didn't change his mind of whom he was serving. He probably was somewhere between the ages of 13 and 16. But the king had a plan here. He wanted to um, help them to adapt to their culture, 
their language. He wanted them to learn their literature, understand their worldview, and to become well in their well in their their realm of of running the country. He wanted to acclimate them in their way of life. There's two words that I'd like you to think about this morning <clears throat> as we think of Daniel and his facing his decision here. And these two words <clears throat> are principle and preference. When we what word describe decision? Is it a principle? Or is it a preference? Based on the Word of God. It's regarding our conduct. It's a fixed, predetermined mode of conduct. If I'm going to operate on the basis of principle, then it's the principle. It's the moral principle. The Word of God. It's a right and a wrong. God said it, and there's no question. These are the principles that come out of God's Word. And they should help us establish our whole sense of conviction in our belief system. For example, the Ten Commandments. That's a moral commandment, and it's a principle, and it was good for the children of Israel, and it was good all the way through, and it's still good today. It stands. These are basic principles of the Word of God. So if you're a Christian, you are going to base your decisions on these principles of God's Word. And you're going to live by them. It's a roadway that you navigate through life. Now, to the other word, preferences. Those decisions are choices based on likes, dislikes, or desires. Now, I want you to understand that these basic decisions, you go to the grocery store, you can have 5 to 10 to 20 different items, and you have a decision. These decisions are not those decisions. Those are just, I don't even know what to call them. Clutter. Principle and the preference. This is God. This is making godly decisions. So, if you were to live by principle, or if you were to live by preference, so a person, if today, would operate by preference, an example would be. Let's just say it's a bad day, and I call. Let's say I work for somebody, I call up and say I'm sick, but I'm not. Well, that decision to lie that I'm sick so that I can have a free day, I operated under the decision of preference because I violated a principle. I lied, and therefore I called in sick, 
I wasn't sick, but now I have a free day. So I'm going to operate under that that basic um, operate under that basis for circumstance and feeling and desire. Makes me look good. Makes me feel good. What does it profit me? Those are the those are the things that come out of out of a preference decision. So a person makes a decision based on those two principles, or those two principles or preferences. So either I'm going to live by the principles of God's word, or I'm going to just sort of be all over the place living under the preference. And that is... And that may depend on their circumstances or situation or how people talk about the situation. I'm going to make a decision based on that situation maybe to have the desire of whatever the outcome to my favor. Now that is a... Now there's a problem with that. It's a dangerous way of life because it's destructive. children in that your walk and your talk are not going to match up you're saying one thing and doing another an example between the principle and the preference is think of it as a road you have lines that divide your road you have people that travel And you have confidence as you travel those roads that the guy that's coming toward you is going to stay on his right side of the road and you stay on your right side of the road. You're going to pass at 70, 60, whatever speed limit is. And you have confidence that you are going to arrive to your destination safely. Now, let's say it gets dark, the lines get blurred, and it's really hard to see. What does that do to your confidence? I remember traveling one time through the great state of Montana. I will have to say that there was one thing they had going for them. That was that they had white reflectors along the edge of the road every so often. That's how you stayed on the road. But as I remember, I was driving and it was pouring rain and I couldn't even see the lines. And it was just pitch black. Of course, out there, I guess, the thing you got going for you is there's no hardly anybody around anyway, so you don't have to worry about hitting anybody. But as long as you stayed between the reflectors, you stayed on the road. Now, if you did meet somebody, I remember you had to kind of make sure you stayed on your side of the road. So if we think of that example of lines, you know, it's very basic but principles as we make those decisions. How clear are those lines? Are they giving us the direction we need? Are they giving us the confidence that we need as we travel life's highway? If you don't have lines, you're gonna be wandering all over the road. 
person who makes decisions based on preference is like that guy. No center line, no desire to change. Today will be one thing, tomorrow will be another. There's no real sense of direction or guidance in that life. A person can have conviction without being a Christian. But the, the conviction that you and I have is based on the Word of God. And as followers of Jesus, we can build that conviction and then we can base on those principles to adhere to. So when it came to Daniel here, it's very evident that I believe his mother and his father must have taught him very early in life to live by principle. Because Daniel was faced with some very tough decisions. If he would have had any sway or any influence, I mean, he did have his four friends, but as far as being in the, standing in the presence of the king or even the rulers of the king in the palace, that pressure alone, you know, could impact your decision. But for Daniel, it didn't. He knew what was right and wrong. It's interesting how that Daniel... knew what he needed to do to refrain from the king's meat but to give an alternative to the ruler that was over him. It wasn't that he just refused, but he said, let's do it this way. Let's try it. Give me ten days. Let's see how it plays out. Daniel had some confidence that God was on their side. And obviously we know the outcome of the story, that they were fair. God did bless them in that. If they would have been under operating under the preference category and been swayed by, well, what's a little bit of meat? We don't know if it was offered idols or not. It's given to us. We're not in our home country. They could have come up with all kinds of excuses, but they did. They drew the line, and they stood there with that decision, and they didn't sway. It would have went against their Mosaic law to have to partake of the king's meat. The story didn't end there either. Remember how um, the king gave Daniel a place, a position, 
And some of the men in in that were jealous of that. And Daniel was faithful at praying to God every or three times a day, making it public, visible, or whatever. Or wasn't that he was trying to make a scene for himself, but you know it was what he did, and he was known by that. And you know the story. There again, Daniel had a decision to make based on principle or preference. He could have operated under, well, I can pray quietly. They don't have to see me pray. But he didn't change. And he kept pushing forward. Daniel stuck to his conviction. His decision was made on principle. And he wasn't even going to be swayed or tempted to do anything different. And I believe God honored Daniel with that that stand that he took. Because Daniel lived for 70 years. And of those 70 years, he was under the influence of four kings. That was... Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, and King Cyrus. There in the end of the first chapter, it says he, even under the first year of King Cyrus. So that impact that Daniel had with those four kings spoke a lot. And I believe God had a place for Daniel in that. We talked a little bit about convictions. We should all have convictions. Conviction is a strong belief and a behavior is right, moral, and consistent with our deeper values. It offers a kind of certainty, not about the world, but about the morality of your own behavior. So to make an example of a conviction, so money, let's say you bought something and the change that was given to you by accident, maybe you got an extra $20 bill. Well, what's, what's the right thing to do? You count it. Give it back, or you just say, Praise the Lord, I got another $20 bill. And then, what if your nine year old son says, Well, Sunday school last week we talked about thou shalt not steal? How does that work? It's a principle, and the principle doesn't change. And our convictions should be based on that principle. And those principles are divine principles. Principles out of the Word of God. You can't violate the principles of God and get by with it.
Why would we choose to live by preference? Is it because we're afraid of what people are going to think of us, say to us? Are they going to reject us? Will they go along with our plan? If I don't do what they want to do, I don't go where they want me to go, then are they going to reject me? Daniel could have used those questions in his decision-making. He went against their plan. He went against the offer of food. That is not where God wants you and me. Principles have a guideline, and those guidelines are for our protection. Once you go beyond that guideline, then you're going to be like the guy on the road with no lines, wandering all around, really having no direction, and will end in destruction. The broad road that leads to destruction is the path that a lot of people are finding. And that is where you're going to find people that make decisions based on preferences. That's where most people live. They lack moral conviction. Am I going to be obedient to God? Am I going to leave the consequences to Him based on my decisions? Once you get an offer of something that is ungodly, and you start turning toward that to consider it, you're in trouble. If you have a principle in your life, that principle doesn't move. And you can put a stake in there, and you can drive it, and you can move from it. And you can expect conflict. Because there are people that are going to not appreciate that principle that we are driving a stake in. Here's what I want you to remember. The two words. Principle or preference. How would you feel driving down a road 75 miles an hour with ditches on both sides with no lines? Wouldn't you agree that is dangerous? The decision is yours. Choose God's way will always win. May not be in this life, but for sure it will be in the life to come. Closing, I want to close with a quote. He who floats with the current, who does not guide himself according to higher principles, who has no ideal, no convictions, such a man is a mere article of the world's furniture, a thing moved instead of a living 
and moving being, an echo, not a voice. Trust that. Could be a challenge to us as we look at what Daniel stood for in his decisions, principles that he made part of his life. We will be faced with decisions. There's no question about that. And we need to have a choice whether is it going to be based on principle or preference? Is it out of God's word, based on his moral conduct? 